Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to episode 453 of Film Bastards. We are recording on a Tuesday. We don't usually record on Tuesdays. And Weird, isn't it? it is hot. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, the hottest day ever recorded in the UK. Uh, it's not quite so bad here in Wales, but it's also probably about 10 degrees above what Ian likes. So uh, I have a fan on in the background, which like Mark tells me you can't hear that much. But, you know, if you do hear something every now and then, it's that. But there is no way I could record without it. As always, I am joined by... Mark Foster. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello, one and all. Uh, we, we are sans Becky this week. Becky is, uh, well, um, she finally got the dreaded vid. Yeah, she she, 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 she did. Both both Becky and Isabel have COVID. Uh, Isabel is staying at, at Becky's parents because she got COVID whilst at Becky's parents. Uh, so, yeah, so she's having to stay there. And then uh, Becky has COVID. And I, touch wood at the moment, still don't. <laughs> yep. So, um incredible scenes um to be fair i don't know like lots had covid twice twice donna had covid twice for sure i think lots did as well and i didn't get it off them that time and when i had covid they didn't get it off me so it's funny how these things work very odd uh, but yeah, the vid is rampant, the sun is rampant, um, but we continue, and what have we got for you this week? Well, we went to the cinema to watch a Netflix film. We are going to be talking about The Grey Man, which comes out on Netflix this coming Friday, as we record. Um, we'll also have some trailers, what we've been watching, all the usual bits and bobs. Uh even though I say all the usual bits and bobs, we don't have a Film Bastards Get effed this week because we wanted Becky on for it. Um, so no Film Bastards Get effed this week. But I did record a catch-up episode of Let's Get Physical that was nearly an hour long. So that's not bad. And at some point, I will do the Bastards box office report. I will say, we're not reviewing it, but just very quickly... The Railway Children Returned and No One Gave a Fuck. Nope. Uh, a pair sight average of about £500 and wasn't even in the top five. Uh, I, I believe our our, our, our friend Normella <laughs> accidentally went to see it. <laughs> what the fuck out? <laughs> what was it that he said? Like He turned to Charlie and said, um, do you want to watch this? And Charlie just looked at him and said, no way. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's fucking hell. It was just that was just never a good idea. I just it's fascinating, isn't it? Because it's like the railway children. I think maybe we were talking about this on on Mike last week, but the railway children is just a film that nobody under the age of fifty at this point has actually watched. Yeah, it, it's just a. It's a wet fart of a film. Yeah, I yeah. 
fucking fascinating. Um, friend of the show, Andrew Jones, was saying that the 16-screen Cineworld at the O2 stops playing it from Thursday, uh, from Friday, after one week and 16 screens, and they're like, ah, that, fuck that, that didn't work. Abort, abort. <laughs> um, and it's not, it's not even a busy release week this week. The only, the only wide release is where the crawdads sing. Yep. So. You know, what the fuck? Uh, but yeah, so we're not going to be talking about the Railway Children Return, but we will be talking about The Grey Man. Patreon.com forward slash Film Bastards, where usually you get Film Bastards get effed uh, along with other shows. We are a pod syndicate podcast, so please do listen to uh, other pod syndicate shows like Chin Stroker vs. Punter, The Rewatch Project, His Film, Her Movie, uh, Entertainment Landfill, and The Iron Sequel. And um, yeah. Yeah, what has been happening in the film world this week? Well, the monsters are going to Netflix. The monsters are going to Netflix. Yeah, um, I mean, do, do you think there's a little bit of Netflix going? Do you know what? We probably won't have to pay that much for the movie, and we can do a bit of a marketing campaign around the fact that I think the next series of Wednesday. Uh, comes out the same, got lands on yeah. Netflix the same week as The Monsters. And I was reading a thing from Rob Zombie was saying that I think The Monsters and um, and and The Adams Family, like they premiered the same year or something like that. Or like season two of one of them, season one of one of them, like was in like a big like fall thing, like 58 years since they were both on last on TV together. So, are, they, are Netflix going to go, do you know what? Over Halloween, we can kind of... That Halloween period, we can kind of make a big deal of going, look, we've got this, this, and this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You, you may, Maybe that will be, yeah, what it, what it, what it is. But it just, it's... Um, I... I, yeah, I don't know. It's so weird that that trailer came out last week. You'd assume Netflix already had it, but they didn't say Netflix it had a Universal logo on it. Um, didn't say anything about Netflix. It's it's bizarre, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, at least it's not going to cost us any extra to fucking watch it. Nope. Unless it comes out of the cinema and we are going to see the cinema. Oh, fuck. Nope. <laughs> no. No. Um. Hmm. There's not been a lot, you know. No, there's not. There's one that 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 that, that came out, but we'll talk to we'll talk about that during our, the Grey Man review. Okay. Interesting. Um. <laughs> Lightyear's got its Disney Plus premiere date. Yeah, it's, like, it's not long, is it? Yeah, August the 3rd. What the yeah. fuck? That's two weeks tomorrow. Yep. I mean, yeah, all right, fine. That's the 45-day window. But what... The, I mean, wow. Yeah, it, it's a... It's it's odd that, 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 that... I mean, I don't know. It's such a weird one, um, the, the whole light year thing. It feels like had COVID not happened, and the light year movie happened this year, but with no COVID or anything like that, that could have been huge. But 
just the way that the, the Pixar and the way that the Disney Plus thing and everything like that has worked, it's just shifted the narrative so much that it, it feels, it just feels different. This is because this is the thing. It's like Minions has made an absolute shit ton of money, mm. absolute shit ton. You know, Lightyear has done just over two hundred million worldwide, which I, I mean is a bomb. Let's let's just say that that's mm. a bomb. Mm. Um, and the just the sheer stink of if it's a Disney film, it will be on Disney Plus soon. Does seem to be there, and you know. For Love and Thunder had one of the worst second weekend drops for a Marvel film as well. It drops like sixty five percent. Um, you know, and obviously people don't seem too hot on that film, but it does just feel like there's an aspect of like where you'd maybe have re- repeat MCU watches in the cinema previously. Now people are just like, well, yeah, it'll be on Disney Plus in a few weeks. I'll just watch it again there. It feels like. Where Disney Plus may not necessarily kill the first watch if a if a film is big enough, but repeat watches. I don't know why you'd bother going in the cinema like that fucking crazy fucker who watched No No Way Home like two hundred times in the cinema. You know, like if Sony were like, all right, yeah, it'll be out on Sony Cubed like the start of February. No fucker would watch it. Top Gun Maverick. There is. No sign of when that's coming out on home video. None. Nope. And 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 so people are going and going again. It just feels like Disney Disney have done such a good job di- publicizing Disney Plus that they've accidentally killed off the prospect of a lot of their films making money in the cinema. Well, that, that's it. I was reading a thing that said that the um, the the numbers of I'm not sure how they work out this metric, but the number of repeat of, of, of double dippers for cinemas essentially um, has been higher for Elvis than it has been for um, Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it, it, the thing is, Disney is such a brand. Minions, you're not necessarily going to get people going. Oh, that's Universal, so that will be no. on Peacock. You know, and and it, with Paramount, yeah, you've got Paramount Plus, but but nobody's subscribing ha- to it. <laughs> yeah, and they haven't been as hardcore about like sticking films on there. At least the UK one, they haven't been. Um, and yeah, it, it it just it feels like Disney is so iconic, and Disney Plus is such a big service that you know they they are absolutely having to bow down to the great god streaming. Um, because you're right, if COVID hadn't happened and Lightyear had a traditional release, it may not have done like a billion worldwide, but it would be doing a shitload better than 200 million. And I will say as well, I know some people have like said that the woke agent, like people like boycotting it because of the wokeness of it. Nah, I, I, I don't buy that as an excuse. Like no, maybe because... a tiny fucking proportion, but no. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that. It, I, I, I don't think those those people would. Those people are just going to torrent it anywhere. <laughs> and it, this, this, and the thing is, I mean, I talked about the film a few weeks back. It's, it's fine, I, I, but it's I'm not a banger. To it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, and I, you know, I think you'll have a decent enough time with it. 
Um, but God, that comes out on Disney Plus on August the third, and then August the fifth, we've got a we got Prey. Just fucking, I saw it. I saw a, a TV spot for that the other day, by the way, like online, mm. where it said 20th Century Studios and then Hulu Originals, and it's just fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, I I can't. I, I mean, I I feel very very sorry for the people involved in Prey that they've made that film and it's just like right, it's just content it's just content it's just the the release on the on the on, on the friday there you go oh yeah it's been fired out but and, and coming out that same weekend bullet train that's been trailered for fucking ages now and it it, it you know it it that feels big and elvis feels big and minions feels big and top gun maverick feels big because you're not necessarily thinking straight away ah oh, fucking if i want to go see that again fuck it i'll just wait i'll just wait and watch it on disney plus in a few weeks I, I, it's i yeah I, I mean like that 45 the 45 day window to go to disney plus feels like such an error i think the 45 day window to then go on premium video on demand mm. Is absolutely fair enough. That's it. Charge a tenner. Just charge mm. a tenner. Yeah, just charge a tenner for early access. Bizarre. You know, people but people it, pay it, that. The fifteen ninety nine thing always felt a little much. Yeah, I mean, look, if it's if it's to buy, then I think you can get away with charging more. I mean, and it, it seems like no no fucker in their right mind's actually going to pay fifteen ninety nine to to do uh, that that rental. But I don't know. At least it's giving people an option. It feels like okay, a film gets a big cinema release, but then forty five days it comes out on Disney Plus. Feels like it's diluting it the brand. Mm. I mean, a, along with the the myriad of a, like with the MCU, the myriad of a fucking spin offs that you have, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's uh, it's a show. I mean, look, I mean, I'm looking forward to watching Prey with you guys in a couple of weeks. You know, we're gonna project to watch it at Knowles. I think. I think that's the plan. Um, yeah. I th- yeah, I think that's the plan, and that's that's gonna be cracking. Would I rather go and see it in the cinema with you guys and double bill it with Bullet Train? Yes. Yes. So there we go. Uh. All right. Well, I tell you what. Let's let's talk some trailers. Um, what do we got? There's not been an awful lot. Like I said, we we have also remember it, it is only like uh, five six days since we last recorded. Uh, Beast. The I saw that in the cinema. Uh, the trailer for that for the uh, Shalter Copley and Idris Elba film uh, about a massive fuck off lion. Um, have you seen the trailer of this yet? Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to this. I'm quite looking forward to it, yeah. <laughs> it just... It's kind of like... Hang on a minute. It's Shalto Copley and Idris Elba and they're just going to fight a big fuck-off lion. Yeah, go on then. Well, it, the thing is, it looks really nice as well. Like, visually, it's a nice-looking movie. I'm kind of... Yeah. I'm down for that. Oh, actually, one one bit of news... That I thought maybe you could speak to, because I don't really know what's going on here. What's Sylvester Stallone's beef with Erwin Winkler all about? 
Uh, it's it, essentially there's, there's there's some kind of rights issue, um, in the sense that um, Stallone can has the image rights um, for Rocky, um, so he can do like the Rocky merchandise and bits like that, but. He doesn't have control over any of the scripts. So, right, um, like there was a thing where he was going to do, like, um, because th- there's no getting away from it. Um, Stallone likes to essentially, you know, he, he provides merchandise quite often uh, for bits. And I think there was a thing where he wanted to do uh, signed scripts of um, the Rocky films, essentially. But then was mm. told you can't do that because you own the rights to the to be able to merchandise it and bits like that. You're allowed to do that, um, but you don't actually own the script rights. Like he can't. Uh, like all of the merchandise that he does at puts out are for the Italian Stallion, not for. Rocky Balboa. So it, it, it's that, right. uh, but apparently it's been a long-standing thing of the fact that Stallone isn't happy about the because you could understand if this was like, for instance, Rambo, which incidentally Stallone does have the rights to. Mm. Um, but in theory, you could understand if it was Rambo because based on a book and bits like that, and it, you know, it, it, yes, Stallone has written them, but he didn't create it. Stallone literally created Rocky. It's his character. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of issues of that um, that, that, that that Stallone doesn't like. And uh, it, yeah, it's such an odd little just, thing. It's interesting though, because it's like, yes, okay, he's absolutely synonymous with Rocky, but if he doesn't like own the rights to... Like the the IP essentially, then, like in the like I don't know the legal definition. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it kind of I get why Erwin Winkler would be like, well, no, let's make a di- like make a deal or whatever. But at the same time, it, it just he is Rocky. Like that's got to be such a fucking head trip. Like I could see it from both sides that. I really like, and I mean, like it, it more more on Stallone's side because it is just like I wrote the theme tune, sing the theme tune, almost, you know, like that. It, it's that level, yeah. I don't know, interesting. It's just like that shit he came out with on Instagram. It was like bloody hell. All right then. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, uh, it, it, it's one of those things where um, Stallone has. Um, has tried um, to buy off him before, um, but Winkler and his son just do not want to do it. They they are they are just that's it. They, they, they will not. They will not entertain it. And um, it comes down to the fact that I think Stallone. I think the the big one was Stallone after Creed. Uh, Stallone wanted to do a another Rocky film but have it be a much more um, introspective Rocky film um, 
and have it be a little bit more about um, sort of like him just it could be closer to the feeling of um, Rocky and Rocky Balboa but they wouldn't let him do it and he was like he had, he had these ideas for what you could do with the character and bits like that and they just wouldn't let him do it because the only movies that get that get kind of greenlit are the ones that, that they want to get done um, he, I think he was sort of still a little bit a little bit bitter about I don't think he left Creed 2 um, and passed over the directing of that voluntarily. Okay. I think he was being... Oh, Creed, Creed 3, do you mean? No, because Sloan was going to direct Creed 2, wasn't he? Was he in Creed 2? I can't even fucking yeah, remember. Yeah, he was. Oh, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he was going to direct... Oh, okay. He, yeah. was, he was going to direct it... Um, and then all of a sudden he didn't. And then the, what well, I can't remember what the guy's name was that directed it now. Um, but there, are, there is rumours that, that it wasn't... Stallone didn't just leave that. He was basically told, no, you're not directing it. But Stallone didn't want to kick up a fuss about it because he didn't want to make it awkward for the the, direct, the new director that was coming in. And thought that that would be right. unfair if the story was Stallone booted off directing. Hmm. Okay. Mm. Okay. Um, so, do we think that he's not like a part of the reason why he's not in Creed Three is basically because of the, the like because of this? Oh, yeah, he's not in Creed Three because the um, yeah because of the dispute, and, and Stallone yeah, is okay. not happy about it. <laughs> Which you can kind of yeah. see why it's you know it, it, it's his baby. You'd like to think Michael B. Jordan would do him, do him a solid and not just have him like killed off off screen or something. Oh, I, 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 I very much doubt that'd happen. I mean, Stallone has, has been very much like you know championing it, it, it you know, and he's very speaks very highly of Michael B. Jordan about it. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I can't. I, I, I would think Michael B. Jordan would even go, "No, I'm not doing that. That would be, it would be film fucking suicide." Pat. <sighs> Stallone feels like a classy guy. I don't know, like maybe runs his mouth off a little bit at times, but he's Sylvester Stallone. I think he's fucking allowed to. That's it. I think he's one of those where, even on the issues where you'd think that he'd be a bit of a wrong, you know, because the fact is, you know, Stallone has said, you know, I'm like a few other of my peers. I am a Republican. Um, but I don't agree with the relaxed gun laws we have. Uh, He said, you know, I have met Donald Trump several times. I wouldn't say we're friends. He would try and say we are friends, but we're fucking not. (laughs) And no, I don't like the guy. (laughs) I don't agree with his policies. And he is quite critical of quite a lot of the things. So he's he's an odd character in the sense that he does seem to be a little bit... He's, He's... too big to kind of like let any of it get to him I think <laughs> yeah okay it's a good place to be yeah it is uh, you know, it's, you know and, and the thing is he, he's kind of like you say he's earned it uh, yeah. okay cool no that's good it's good good detail Um. so back to trailers sorry what else do we have 
Uh, what else have I caught? Where is it? Oh, yeah. I actually watched one for a film called Gigi and Nate about a man and his monkey, and his monkey gets taken away from him. And I kept thinking, oh, when's this monkey going to turn out to be fucking evil? Wait, no. Oh, it's just a feel-good film. No! <laughs> I didn't weird. watch this. But... Yeah, there's a point in the trailer where it's all like this really uplifting music, right? And then... This girl opens the cage and I'm going, this is fucking it. That monkey's going to do some shit to that girl. And he just like fucking throws a blueberry at her. <laughs> I was like, nice. Oh wait, this so this isn't an evil monkey. Oh, I'm quite disappointed now. <laughs> so yeah, unless it's just a really fucking like secretive trailer, uh, Gigi and Nate is not the film that you think it's going to be. Um, and then I think the only other one I've got is like the big one of the week. Ooh, is that the big one that I think it is? I, I would think so, yeah. What okay, you, go what on. Else, what else have you got? I think that's I think that's it for me as well, to be honest, apart from the one that I've got. So, I'm intrigued now. Yeah, she said? Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Are we allowed to say but are we allowed to Bad say it's a shit trailer? Yeah, <laughs> for a film that I'm very interested in, and you know, and does look like it, it, it should be a good film. But we're allowed to say that it's a really bad trailer. <laughs> Fucking l- so low energy. Yeah. Um, like it feels like it's not allowing itself to be like advertising a thriller because of the subject matter. Yeah. It's not spotlight. But that's no. I mean, that's that's it. You know, you just want a uh, Mark Ruffalo going like they knew, they knew. You know, you you want yeah, you want that. You want that, and yet it feels it, it feels even more low energy than like um, Bombshell. Sure, which it, it, even yeah. that felt a little bit, and you know that was I think a little bit held down by the fact that there was a lot of prosthetics involved in bits of it. Um, but yeah, it just feels a little bit like it feels a bit jaunty, doesn't it? Yeah, I just I don't know. The look of it seems quite basic. Um, it, it 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 doesn't. I don't know. It feels like there's just no twists or turns. Like I say, it feels like they're just marketing it as an important film and it's like no you actually need to get people in to see it because frankly if this is two and a half hours of people trying to expose Harvey Weinstein as such and then at the end they expose Harvey Weinstein I don't I mean that that is what the bare bones of the plot is going to be but Mm. if it's just gonna be what this trailer seems to make it out that it's going to be it feels like it's going to be the most well-acted snooze fest of the year, which is, oh, you know, this film should not be. Do you know what's, do you know what's mental about it, though? I've just thought, hang on a minute. Because it's... It's um, Zoe Kazan and Kerry Mulligan, isn't it? Yeah. 
And so it's Kerry Mulligan playing the, you know, slightly, you know, older kind of, you know, taking it by the reins. And then um, Zoe Kazan playing sort of like the slightly younger reporter who is just really looking for this story and has got like that youthful energy towards it. That's what the trailer gives off, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Zoe Kazan's older than Kerry Mulligan. <laughs> Fuck off, really? Yeah. That's wild. I know. I mean, Kerry Mulligan doesn't like look particularly old or anything. It's just Zoe Kazan plays quite young. Yep. Zoe Kazan's thirty-eight. Which of course is not old. No, 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 no. It's not. It's just like she seems to be playing like the new young, like twenty-five-year-old reporter. But the thing is, yeah, yeah, you would believe it if you turned around to me and went, "How old is that girl there?" I'd be like twenty. Five to twenty-seven. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 worried about this one based based on this, and I really very much want it to be good. Mm. Not just because I want to watch a good film, but because otherwise, holy fucking shit, it feels like the discourse on this is going to be fucking rough. Yeah, it's. I, yeah, it, it needs to. This needs to land quite nicely, I think. I, I, but I'm looking forward to. It. I do think that it, it, it's going to be better than this trailer suggests. I just think that maybe trailer one they've not gone in as hard as they might do on upcoming ones. No, I mean this. Yeah, I don't know. Fact-based dramas can still be run, run a entertaining dry, yeah. films, but yeah, but you know, it. and I, it, it just. You know, I, it, it's I I get it because the subject matter is rough, but there are a lot of films with a lot of rough subject matter which can also be entertaining. Yeah, it's just like you say they 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 need or to, compelling. That's you know, it. They, they need to get. Yeah. They need to up it. I think on the next trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too right. Um, I don't know. It just it feels like such a lazy Oscar botherer trailer. Mm. That that's that yeah. But it's like, but we're an important film, you see. So we need to respect this and take these things very seriously. Yes, you do, but you also need to make it. You need to make a trailer for a film that people will want to watch. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it helps if people go. This looks quite good. This. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't want to be lectured to. Um, oh, George just got very disappointed on the old WhatsApp for Nope was coming out this weekend. Nope. Nope. Stop. Nope. It's not. It nope. is, it is we've like, got like three weeks, I think, isn't it? Three fucking weeks of avoiding spoilers we've got to do for that bad boy. Because oh, it's out in the States this week, isn't it? Was yep. It? And yeah. there is. Uh, what? Because we ca- it can't cope with the hot where the crawdads sing competition. Fucking hell. Ugh. Just nope. <laughs> nope. Right. Okay. So. Let's move on. Let's talk about the grey man. He lives in the grey, folks. He lives in the grey. He lives in the grey. Billy Bob Thornton tells him he's going to live in the grey and he lives in the fucking grey. You can tell I'm stalling to get the IMDB up. (laughs) When the CIA's most skilled operative whose true identity is known to none accidentally uncovers dark agency secrets a psychopathic former colleague puts a ba- really really puts a ba- <laughs> uh, oh yeah no i suppose um he, he, 
I wouldn't describe him as psychopathic, and I suppose he is a former colleague. Like, yeah, kind of. Puts a bounty on his head, setting off a global manhunt by international assassins. So, this is directed by the Russos. Stars Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Anna de Armas, Billy Bob Thornton, loads of other people. The girl from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Julia Butters, yes indeed. Um, and is Netflix's most expensive original movie. Um, the Russos have said the cult of going to the cinema is elitist bullshit, even though they said that Avengers Endgame, they loved that people came together in the cinema to celebrate things. Yeah. So, well done, Russos. You're fucking painting yourself spectacularly. Um, we went to see The Grey Man. I went to see it on opening night at 20 past seven, and me and the four other people in the audience were electrified. Mark, how was your audience? Uh, what I will say is the audience, it wasn't a massive audience, but it was a decent enough size audience for a really hot Monday um, at like 4pm. Um, what I will say is they were well into it. They were really into it. Nice. Yeah. What did, were you into it? <sighs> right, this is a fucking odd one here. Because... Overall, yes, I was into it. However, it is in spite of many things, and I think the many things that I had <laughs> troubles with, I think that the Anthony and Joe Russo, I think that there is one talented Russo, and there is one <laughs> that is just a fucking idiot, and he's par- the, 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 the talented one, right, has had to drag the fucking idiot one, right, which is probably Joe, right, along with him. And so the title one is just getting along, doing the fucking good shit, and the idiot one is going, I've got this map, right? I've got this map, right? And what you do, right, what you do with this map is, look at all these bits, you scratch it off with a coin, right? And then that, you, when you've been at that place, can we go to all those places, please? Can we, go, can we put all of them in the movie? It was fucking... The fact that every... 38 seconds they had to be in a new fucking country was ridiculous. It was just ridiculous. And it was like, they weren't even going to glamorous countries. It was Slovenia, Croatia, Luxembourg, Kazakhstan, and all of these places. Know, it, gave me, it, 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 it gave me some ideas of like Eastern European cities I wouldn't mind going for a city break in. I was a little bit like that. I, I was a little bit like that going, going that looks alright. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why are they there? <laughs> uh, I mean, why they're there? It right. I I I've got to say right before I forget why they're there. Anna de Armas when she shoots Chris Evans in the ass. Mm-hmm. How did she get there? How that quick? the fuck was she there? Yeah, that quick. Yeah, th- like isn't isn't she in that CIA base like in America? Yeah, that that day. And then literally, yeah, yeah. What's it? Literally, Chris Evans is on a private jet and he's there, like, ju- like on his way there anyway. And she managed just to get there that fucking quick. The like, I think you, you, you were. No, I don't think I know. You mentioned it and said 
that the Russo brothers must have been sat there after they, they when they sat down to watch Ambulance and gone, shit. Yeah. <laughs> because their drone bits were just not interesting. They were just, we've got a new I'm... toy and we don't know how to use it. It, it was brutal because that one bit where the drone flies in, I think it flies into that hospital. Mm. And it's like, if Ambulance didn't exist, that would have been an interesting shot. But yeah. never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But, and that, the thing is there, it, it, it's, there's shots in it, there's bits, there's just little eccentricities that I think that, that the Russo brothers have, um, or that the bad Russo brother has, um, that just make it a little bit annoying at points. However, well, and the story is crap, <laughs> basically. But yeah, Gosling's fun in it. Um, mm-hmm. Right, all right. Before I get into the good bits, so right, the end of the movie—not the end of the movie, but the, very, the, the, the the sort of the climactic fucking battle between uh, Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans, which I really liked, and I'll come on to the bits that I liked about that later. But I need to believe that we should actually go. Do you know what? Shea Wiggum, he was on the summit, wasn't he? <laughs> what? You lost me. Sorry. Well, basically, Shea Wiggum was his character as Gosling's dad was trying to make him really fucking tough by oh fuck being brutal right. to him. Okay, and then at the end. Kind of seems to work out all right, doesn't it? <laughs> that fucking cut that right. The way that they try to tie in Gosling's backstory in that moment, where it's like, all right, what is this the first time he's ever thought about his abusive dad in the like nearly 20 years of doing this shit that he's been doing this shit Mm. is that what we're supposed to believe because yes you're right mark what this is saying is his dad attempting to fucking drown him in a sink or whatever it was was just the training that he needed to get out of this situation yeah good work wiggum and and the the, also the training to kind of not to give in to pain as fucking Evans yeah. is just fucking stabbing the shit out of him. I, and I gotta say as well, so and it's, we will get to the good things because I've got good things to say about it as well. Spoiler: I'm definitely not shit on it. So you know, I do. The way that Billy Bob Thornton is like, I I've seen you. I think you can do this. You know, and you know what you what you were locked up for. I would have done it. What you think he is a great candidate for a super secret CIA program where he's going to live in the grey because he killed his dad yeah I reckon there's more of that I reckon there's a way that he killed his dad that they didn't get into because there was a thing there's something missing there's there's definitely something missing out of this because even like even like the BBFC title card at the start said um, domestic abuse domestic violence and I was like what the what really you know there was implied you didn't really see it. Well, I don't know. I mean, a dad did try to fucking kill his son by drowning him in a sink. No, it was training. <laughs> I should have said training montage. Fucks. <laughs> right, okay. 
Right, yeah, all right. The BBFC person needs to watch it again to understand what that really meant. Then. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, that's gold. I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you talk for a bit, because there's some bits that I... There's a lot that I really liked about this film. Hey, look, yeah, I mean... Sorry, I... I... I thought the trying to set up a franchise stuff was a little bit brutal. The... Stuff where they kept on talking about the old man. Mm. Like, have you taken this up to the old man yet? No. I stayed all the way through the credits because I thought there was going to be a reveal at the end of the credits as to who the old man is. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Me, just lone dickhead, watching the credits. Um, and I felt for sure that it was going to be like an old age makeup Robert Downey Jr. I thought they were going to do something like that. Um, so, and just the whole, all right, now it's going to be Gosling and Butters on the run. It was, uh, that, that whole thing was just odd. Like the Julia Butters character and like giving Ryan Gosling something to fight for, I suppose. But, and it's a shame because to be honest, if this was just, Ryan Gosling gets into fights, gets increasingly tired, and by the end, barely can be asked to have a fight, but will. I would have been happy with that. He's like Sleepy John Wick. Yep. Um, I really, really enjoyed the running joke of him just being, uh, I, I could really do with a sleep. <laughs> you know, I... I, I that 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 was cracking chris evans i am i think i'm starting to make my peace with that character yeah. but it just it it it, it see if you agree with this cool. it felt like chris evans was told be a charismatic bad guy and was going to be like i am going to be the most charismatic bad guy ever you will not believe how charismatic i am after every take he's just looking at joe and anthony and going like was that charismatic that was charismatic wasn't it it felt like play acting to me yeah it, and people seem to be that. enjoying it and it, yeah people seem to be enjoying his performance in it and it just feels like because oh look at chris evans being mean that's hot, isn't it? You know, that always isn't he cheeky. It's like, no, I'm supposed to be, I think I'm supposed to be scared by him, but all he's doing is chewing people out while watch it, watching Ryan Gosling take people out on a monitor. It felt like Chris Evans couldn't be asked to do the fucking physical training that Ryan Gosling was doing. So they just had him get involved with Gosling face-to-face -face twice. And then the rest of the time, he's just watching him on a fucking monitor. The, the thing is, what, what I kind of liked about the character, because I, I was like a little bit going, right, I'm not getting what this guy is really here. Uh, and then when you've got the the when it's the him against Gosling, because um, the thing is, I really liked the Gosling and, uh, and Julian Butler's thing. I really fucking dug that. Fair enough. Um, when he basically just says to her, well, it's just another Thursday. <laughs> and she's like, all right. And then 
Gosling's kind of just looking at him. He's going, I reckon I can take you. I like the fact that at that moment, Gosling just fucking handed him his ass without without even fucking trying, really. It was only when he got a fucking knife out that it started to get a little bit interesting. And that was because, again, Gosling just looked fucking tired. (laughs) Yeah, it's very fun. Very fun. Um... And it, yeah, I, yeah, but going to the positives, I thought this was a decent time. I, you know, I am rather surprised that it's Netflix's most like uh, most expensive film. Even though I would wonder if that's because they had to pay Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans mm. as much as anything else, and good on them. Um, I thought. I thought it was entertaining enough. I thought it passed the time quite well, considering it, I, I, it's over two hours, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I I thought that, it, it yeah, it passed that time well. I thought there were some interestingly staged action sequences. Um, that early kind of fight amongst the fireworks going off, I thought was cracking. Yeah. Um, that, 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 that was great. Um and yeah, like like I said, I really enjoyed Ryan Gosling in this. It's good to see him back, and I would happily watch more films with that with that character in them. Um, you know, I think maybe the Jessica Henwick character is maybe a, a step too far. You got Reggie Jean Page in there; he's already bad guy enough. I'm not necessarily... You know, again, that feels like franchisey stuff. We're in the next one. Is it going to be the continuing sparring between those two? I don't care. Yeah, it, it, it's. There feels a little bit like as well. There was, there was a shot towards the end uh, of um, Chris Evans while he's just laid in that um, pool, that fountain pool. Where I was watching yeah. going, did his fucking leg just move? Did his fucking leg move? That's a weird shot to have there. Uh, it was it was a weird yeah, that was a weird shot to just hang on there. It does it does feel like they'd have him back. Yeah, it, I mean like, it feels if, like they, left if, it if they're gonna do a Robo Lloyd Hansen or something like that, why not? Yeah. Like it, it's now. Now he's being charismatically evil, but he's half robot. The thing is, it, it, it seems a little bit like there the, the might even be a thinking to go. Not the next one, but the third one. <laughs> we could maybe bring him back. But yeah, the Jessica Henwick. When when it went back to like when she was like with Lloyd and everything like that, there was a moment where I, like not initially, but later on in it, where she's in the room in private, and I was like, why is she there? Yeah. Like, like, why are you there? Are you just... There was a point where she's like... She was chewing um, Chris Evans out about, you know... Wow, well, you know, when they'll write books about how horrible... Like, how bad this operation's gone and all this lot. And I was watching it going... I really hope he fucking just shoots her. Like, I really hope he just shoots her in the face. And then he doesn't. And you're like... I... Uh. And then the fact that it's her that fucking shoots uh, him just felt a little bit like nah, she, nobody liked her she was whining, she was stopping everyone's fun yeah, yeah like it, yeah, exactly and you know if I was Roger Jean Page I'd just be like 
Oh, no, I'm I'm going to end your career. I am more senior than you. Fuck off to Lithuania and do some shit over. You know, I yeah, and it, it's a shame because Jessica Henwick. I thought she was great in Matrix Revolutions. Yeah, like really, really sparky, very charismatic. It's a nothing role. As is Regé Jean Page. I've got to say that guy. Slight sidebar. Interesting. Interviewed at the Grey Man premiere about like Bridgerton, and he's like. They can recast my role. They can do what they want. And it's like, mate, you were in one season of Bridgerton, became a hot thing, and were just immediately like, fuck that, I'm going to the movies. Yeah. To do what? To be the fucking generic villain in The Grey Man. What I will say as well, because I was watching, because it's the first thing I've kind of seen him in, with exception of uh, an Audi advert. Um, and I, saw, I, was, I was interested going... All right, I get to see this guy who's who's been, you know, and it, it, this has kind of died down a little bit. But was tipped for Bond a little bit, and then was very much like, hmm, hmm, I'm not seeing it. It just doesn't. It, it didn't exactly jump out of the screen, did he? A little bit. He just felt very. He felt very generic, bad guy. Sorry, Lottie was just um, doing a beer delivery for me. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, no. It, it, it is just... What what character is there to him? You know, it's... He gets angry and chuck, chucks a coffee at things. Yeah. And he chews people out. And, 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 you know, and, and I, brags a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and talks about how he's the youngest blah, blah of the blah, blah, blahs. You yeah. know, it... it, it yeah, I, I, the thing is, as an audience that, member, you're watching going, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. I genuinely don't care. <laughs> it's, and it's, that means I, nothing. I, I, <laughs> it's weird. It kind of feels like, did they need to bump up the other bad guys because they just didn't have Chris Evans for enough time or something? It just, it feels weird. It's like you activate Lloyd Hansen and then let Lloyd Hansen do his thing. We don't need you lot. Maybe, you know, ne- not nearly as much as you're fucking in it anyway. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, like you say, just Jessica Henwick then like chewing out Chris Evans about um, uh, that they're going to write books and how bad this is. Why isn't Chris Evans going out there and trying to fucking kill him himself? That's I don't, I don't, I, I, also, I don't get it. <laughs> But I liked the film. Yeah, I liked the film. Sorry. It runs at a really nice pace. There's some really good set pieces in it. And the Gosling... Um, like, the the, the, the... the kind of... The, the saving Billy Bob Thornton um, and Julia Butters sequence where you've just got Anna de Armas just fucking running for a long time. Yeah. Was really fucking cool. Um, and the fact that you're just you're watching the door and you're going, oh, I fucking you know what's going to happen, you know what's going to happen, and then he just fucking walks and you're like, yes, it's it, that that worked for me. Um, mm. And, and I, I, I kind of I don't. I mean, Anna da Armas with a rocket launcher is a kink I never knew I, I yeah. had. It, you watched it and you went, I, I, I say with Donna in the room, by the way. Yeah. It, <laughs> Sorry, but the thing yeah. is, it, you, you can kind of. Mention your dreams all the time. Oh, do I? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but he, yeah, I watched it and went, went yep, yeah, go on then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Um, 
yeah that's the, you're right her just run like bombing around there like just being a badass that was great um oh i just slight anna armas site a tangent you see that fucking jamie lee curtis interview where she was yeah. like what i mean jamie lee curtis needs to be getting more shit for that yeah it was it was weird wasn't like, it, it? it was a bit like it, you read it going that's a whiff of like racism about this <laughs> classism yeah, no, like, and if, racism if, if if a person who filmed twitter didn't like said that they would be getting a lot more shit yeah uh, and and maybe we leave it there, but yeah, what the yeah, what the fuck? Um, but no, I mean that, that it's a fun time. It's just a couple of hours of undemanding fun, which on a Friday night, I I you know I thought was cracking. Mm-hmm. And but I mean like, it's not excellent. It's not one of the best films of the year. It's not one of the best blockbusters of the year. But well, actually. I don't know, because what else is there? Top Gun Maverick. It's better than any of the Marvel films that have come out this year. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. It, oh, Elvis is a blockbuster. I think you could probably term it as, because of what that yeah, film I'd, is. I'd Elvis so. is better than it. Yeah, Elvis is better than it. it. The Grey Man is one of the... It's a weird film in the sense of... When I was like putting my rating on it on, um, on Letterboxd, I was like, right... I'm going to have to put four, but it's probably got, it's probably a four out of five, but the most, like, I have issues with it, four out of fives I can put, but I just put that because I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, and and Ambulance is is better. It feels like, oh, Ambulance is definitely better, good shout it feels like the Netflix thing is going to make people just go, this is horrible, this is average, this is what every, this is why cinema is dying on its ass because films like this are being funded. No, 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 nope. no. It, it, it's not that. Nope. It, it's, no, it's, it's fine. And if they released another one and it was out in cinemas again, I'd go and see it in cinemas. Yeah, exactly. It's one where I would watch a sequel... But if they were planning on building a cinematic universe out of it, I'd probably a bit be a bit more uh, really. Yeah, if, if that's if, that's where I'm at. If if we got like a like like a a trilogy of of, of the Grey Man films, I, I I'd be all right with that. Sure, why not? Why not? I'd also yeah, like you say, I'd like to know who the old man is that they intimated at and then just did nothing with. I, I, like, I, like they I couldn't am get the person they, they wanted, and it was going to be the post credits, and because they couldn't get the person they wanted, they just didn't. Yeah, one hundred percent, something was planned. Oh yeah, it had to be. Yeah, because there was a point, there was a shot even with, with intimated that it might have been him, in the background. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, why why mention um, it as many times as they did if it wasn't going to be that that's the thing they mention him enough where it's like okay let's fucking see who he is then yeah there's a part of that thought is it Billy Bob Thornton because we don't see him die oh that'd be boring it would be boring it'd be really really fucking boring because it'd make no sense either <laughs> hmm 
I did I did enjoy actually Sean from EastEnders um turning turning up in it. So Rob Kaczynski, who was the guy who gives um Charlie Hunnam shit in Pacific Rim. Oh um, yeah. He he was one of the guys on the plane who like they they rescue Ryan Gosling and then they're told to kill him. Yes. He was one of them and like it was just like I don't know why, but that guy, whenever I see his face, it's like, oh shit, it's Rob Kaczynski. That's nice. I just think like, oh, guy from EastEnders who just now pops up in Hollywood shit. Good for him. Fucking hell, yeah. He wasn't... What is it? <laughs> That's mental. Yeah. For some, for some reason, like, my senses are attuned to Rob Kaczynski detection. Yeah, film-wise, this isn't a bad one, is it? He's been in The Hobbit, no, Pacific I know. Rim, Warcraft, yeah. <laughs> and Captain Marvel. Yep. Fair play. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. He he must get some decent residuals. Yep. He's probably doing quite nicely out of it. Yeah. Um, Look, definitely not shit. Yeah, definitely not shit. Had a good time with it. Um, Yeah, you can go in at Netflix, but don't go in expecting it's it's more action than it is thriller, is what I would say. Oh, yeah, 100%. But not in a bad way. It's just, it's... It's, it's fun. Well, our audience, Paul, definitely not shit 80%. Touching cloth 10% and shit 10%. That's pretty good, that. Yeah, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. CSVP Combat. Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. (laughs) But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. (laughs) So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. Also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. Just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just just getting confirmation. It's just in English. that's the third time though. I mean am I st- is this on? Um, hey Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that love? Oh yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of Shield. I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely. Nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you can sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show or a franchise. A beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks, cut out, of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, 
Smallville. <laughs> Farscape. Quantum Leap. So giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree... There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So... With that in mind, join Anna and Mike from Chinstroke vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for the Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be. Or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. Okay. Feels like this show might be quite a quick one this week. I don't know. We'll see we'll see we'll see how this goes. So let's get into some what we've been watching. Right. Um I've not actually watched that much um, because had like COVID issues and bits like that. Um, but I've got one that I will talk about a little bit more. And did you get round to watching Persuasion? Oh fuck! I got half an hour in. I'll probably talk about it next week. Did you watch it? I watched it. Yeah. Oh fuck! Can we hold and review it next week? Yes, we can. Yeah. Um, Is that all right? Yeah. Because I, because I, yeah, because I, I have some thoughts on persuasion. How are you getting on with it after but, half an hour? So, sorry, Mark. If I actually thought you were going to watch persuasion, like obviously we didn't talk about it. If I thought you were going to watch it, I would have got it watched. Um, but other things, well, I say other things came up. I'll talk about what I watched, and it was like, well, actually, I just watched other things. Um, yeah, so I got half an hour into it, and I just, I am completely biased. I don't think I will have an objective opinion on persuasion at all. Because D- D- Dakota Johnson. Yeah, if if you watched it for half an hour, and your opinion is that you can't have an objective opinion because of Dakota Johnson, it's only going to get worse. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet, I bet, I bet. How, I mean, like, however, I, I know people have been complaining about. We've got what you say. I, people have been complaining about the flea bagification of it, and it's just like, do you know what? The, the great thing if, is, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I mean, like they're kind of almost like they're talking to the kind of camera. And Fucking love that. Like, there's a bit in it where someone says, "Oh, well, if he's a ten, it's like it's using modern language," and it's like, yeah, do you know what? They're making a persuasion for people in their fucking 20s, not you in your fucking late 30s, early 40s, who is now suddenly deciding that this isn't your persuasion. Mm. Let it be what it's going to be if they're trying to attract a, y- a, a young, modern audience who maybe don't like, watch films as much as we did when they were their age. Leave them alone. I don't know. It's it, But then again, Dakota Johnson, maybe I'm just... Yeah, yeah. there are some great moments where she just looks at the camera. Like, not even like talks camera, just looks at the camera. Oh. And it was a bit like... There's, there's, yeah. a, there's a few where it's like, that was fucking beautiful. There's, I will say also as well, there is... There's no spoiler. There is a bit where she actually gets to do proper dramatic acting in it. And it's fucking brilliant. Uh, there's a lot wrong with that film. But Dakota Johnson carries the motherfucker. <laughs> mm. 
What I will say... I was, I was enjoying it. Yeah. I was enjoying it. What I will say is... Richard E. Grant might be the biggest fucking... Just... Like... Almost like enigma. <laughs> of, of, of British actors. In the sense that... I actually think that Richard E. Grant is a little bit of a crap actor. But because he's called Richard E. Grant and he's posh, people think that he's great. When in reality, he can only play Richard E. Grant. Every single character he has ever played is exactly the same. But the thing is, no matter what film you put him in, he's the same. Exactly the fucking same. But because he's called Richard E. Grant and he has a plump voice... People think that he's spectacular. And Richard E. Grant is great. But he's always Richard E. Grant. <laughs> like, yeah. even more than Hugh Grant is always Hugh Grant. Richard E. Grant is always Richard E. Grant. But because he's called Richard E. Grant, people think that that's better. But we'll talk more about it next week. Um, nice. Yeah, so I rewatched The Change Up. Because, of course, I rewatched The Change Up. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course you did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really like The Change Up. Because, of course, I really like The Change Up. Um, but I watched it with Becky um, because we wanted to watch something a little bit it was Saturday night this was before we knew that Becky uh, was riddled with Covid um, and so we were yeah we'd I was working on a late we'd got home gone out for a quick drink um, got some takeaway burgers from a really nice takeaway burger place that's near us and then got back and we're like right we need to watch something a little bit kind of fun and chilled and so we watched the change up um there was a point where Bex literally turned around to me about quarter of an hour, 20 minutes into it and went, fucking hell. I was like, what? I was like, what? She went, just, the Ryan Reynolds character has way too much of your energy in this and it's kind of weirding me out. I said, well, right, what do you mean? She said, because it was the moment, have you ever seen The Changer? Yes. Yeah. So there's a moment in it. I'm, I'm going to doubt you remember it that well, though. <laughs> I, I, intricacies yeah, I can't, I can't, yeah, of it. Um, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Go on. Where, um, I said Ryan goes. Ryan Reynolds. Sorry, Ryan Reynolds. Gosling. To me, Ryan's. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is, is, is called. Um, ah, fuck. What's his name? Bateman at work, and he's on speakerphone, and Reynolds knows he'll be on speakerphone, so literally just shouts out. Uh, offensive things uh, one of them being wolf pussy which is just a great fucking what is it and I think it's just cock vagina <laughs> um, penis wolf pussy and Bateman has to rush to take him off loudspeaker and then he just starts laughing about being on loudspeaker and that everybody in the office will have heard it and Bex is like that is just so the sort of thing you would do and I was like, like mm-hmm. yeah she went, not only that that if like if you were bringing for any reason had Ian's like office number or anything like that, that is exactly the sort of thing you would do to Ian. <laughs> it's it, it's it's a good thing that if you dial my work number, it just connects to my Teams account. <laughs> yeah, then. it was that thing of when like, forty minutes into it, when this is exactly the sort of thing that would happen, like if fucking. In some weird, weird universe, if you and Ian got switched round, <laughs> like, he would be like, "You need to be serious," and you'd be there going, no, "How could this weird shit? This is great." 
I, I mean, uh, Mark, I'll, I'll be absolutely honest. We, we, we have covered my thoughts on your wife before, so <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to throw that out there. That's but... fine. And, and, and you know what? Yeah, it would be, it would, I'd be like, you know what? Fair enough. I respect, I respect no, you using no, this for no reasons. You shut, I mean, no, you wouldn't, and you shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> I am, yeah. Uh, I I enjoyed change up. <laughs> Sorry, because I am an idiot. Um, I also rewatched the cell or cell um, because I didn't like oh, the John Cusack. Yeah, because I didn't like it the first right, time okay. I watched it. So I watched the Stephen King adaptation without Becky, <laughs> that she's probably okay, going to kill yeah. me for. Um, yeah, and. Yeah, I, I didn't like it when I first watched it. I thought it was a little bit like blah and meh. Um, yeah, Becky is literally, because you can probably hear me upstairs, has just texted me the word, all caps, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I've got, what the fuck? <laughs> Off her. Um, yeah, I actually quite enjoyed oh, it on this dear. rewatch. I, I liked the fact that it is just unerringly bleak. Um and it, it, it gets it gets going pretty much straight away. Like the opening sequence yeah. of the movie is the the cellular virus taking hold. There's no like build up and like like getting to know the characters. It's just bang. What the fuck's going on? A lot of Cusack just looking around with this look of what the fuck is going on? And then it's like in an airport terminal or something, yeah. isn't it? And then ten minutes later. Yeah. Uh, it's him and Samuel Jackson are on their way. Um, yeah, I I actually really dug it this time round. It's a really fucking snappy, um, like ninety minute genre flick that is bleak and kind of yeah, kind of fun. You know, in a in a just like oh yeah, fair enough. This this is, this looks horrible kind of way. <laughs> I remember that they the, the last shot of that film, yeah, of them all just like kind of like as a herd running around the fucking cell tower. Yeah, um, yeah, that shit's fucking eerie. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, so going back to it years later, yeah, I quite enjoyed Cell. Um, you know, I will at some point watch that again. Probably not too distant nice. future with Becky because she's showing me. <laughs> What have you been watching, bud? Um, oh, first off, uh, apparently uh, Michael Mann confirmed on Mark Marin that Heat 2 is going ahead as a film. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah, the, 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 the novel's getting a lot of very good buzz, isn't it? Yeah, man. Uh, oh, that's great. That's terrific. Uh, he's right. got, is, he, he's, is he shooting at the moment? Um, his Ferrari film. Yes, that's right. So I think Heat will probably be if if that bombs, it won't happen. Yes, that's. Uh, we shall see, I suppose. Yeah. I think yeah, I think that'll do all right though with the cast it's got and the fact that yeah yeah it's about cars it'll do fine yeah or or it's tangentially involved with cars anyway I'm gonna start off not with a film but I watched the first episode of The Offer 
Oh yeah. How how did you find it? So, um, wait. So have you still got Paramount Plus? Uh, yeah. And me and I you, the, pe- the two people it, who so... subscribed to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot to. So they charged me for another month. So I, yeah, I didn't me, get I subscribed to it. It's just apparently I was subscribed to it twice. <laughs> oh fuck! Fucking hell! I thought you said you unsubscribed. Okay, so uh, yeah. So this is about the making of the Godfather, based on the. It's a stupid fucking credit at the start where it's like based on the re- memory of Albert Ruddy or something stupid like that, who was a producer on The Godfather, played by Miles Teller here. Um, first 20 minutes or so, it's like Al Ruddy like, was working for a computer company and then he's at a party where he's charismatic, his friend's a TV producer and he's suddenly shagging a hot woman and then he comes up with the concept for Hogan's Heroes and now he's a producer of Paramount. It's like, wow, wee, look at me. Uh, and it feels like this fantasy Disneyland version of this guy's memory of what it was making The Godfather. Ah, uh, so there's, there's um, a little bit of, you know, print the legend rather than the reality. It, it, yeah, and I mean, like, I, I'm enjoying it as a bit of trash in, for, in the film world, which may keep me watching, but we'll see. It's created um, by, um, by Michael Tolkien, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first, uh, I think the first two episodes are directed by Dexter Fletcher. First one, certainly. Oh, is. nice. Um, yeah, yeah, quite, exactly. Um, Matthew Good plays Robert Evans. And that's very fun. Um, and Adam Arkin directs uh, a lot you... of the other ones, doesn't he? Who did, sorry? Adam Arkin. Adam Arkin? Yeah, he directs, um, wow. I think, all the other ones apart from one, which is <laughs> directed by... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, two, two, uh, three. So three of the ones that he doesn't direct. Okay, so yeah, it's um, yeah, like I say, it's it, it it's pretty trashy. Um, I like the sound of this, actually. Now, yeah, I I think you'd enjoy it. I think you'd get a kick out of it. I think it's only ten episodes. Yeah, ten episodes. I might actually give this a go because the cast is really fun. And yeah, yeah. Did you see um, uh, weird tangential news, like uh, uh, news bits? Did you see Miles Teller addressed the um, whole uh, unvaccinated thing? No. Yeah, on like a, a red carpet thing, somebody asked him about it uh, for one of the red carpet things for one because they did quite a few premieres of Top Gun Maverick, didn't they? Yeah. And it was either a red carpet thing, like a Q and A thing he was doing, and he, he basically said, "Right." I need to actually address this. I usually don't talk about this kind of shit because I just ignore the rumour mills. I I do my acting and I go away. And he went, but I need to address this. I am vaccinated. I have been vaccinated for a long time. I believe in vaccinations. I don't know where any of this came from, last I'm saying on it. Wow, really? Yeah. But it's like they shut down the set of the COVID, uh, of the offer because they like 
it basically his scuttlebutt was that he was unvaccinated and like they think he caused a scare. Yeah, and he's he's very much like he's said that it's complete nonsense that I am anti-vaccinated. I don't do this thing. That I what is that I'm not vaccinated. He needed to come out way earlier. Yeah. Like, his agent would have fucking said to him, if that was the case, hey, people are saying you're unvaccinated. Can I put a statement out, please? I'm not, yeah. Mm. All right. I, I, I reckon there's probably been a... He probably wasn't at the time for this, but mm. then I reckon that when they've gone back to do Top Gun reshoots, Cruz has sat him down and gone, right, two things... One, that TV's got motion smoothing on it in your house. We need to get to that in a second. And secondly, get yep. a fucking vaccination, you little prick. <laughs> and he's gone, yeah, Tom Cruise has convinced me that I should get vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's... Miles Teller's a very lucky boy that he's had Top Gun Maverick. Because it was like, where exactly is he going? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it does. Yeah, interesting. But yeah, no, I... I'll be honest, if you watch The Offer, I'd be more intrigued to like keep going watching it so that we can talk about it. I will watch it, because that cast intrigues me. I would not looked at the cast before. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to give it a go. Okay, cool. Um, so, I think the only other things that I actually watched... Yeah, the only other things that I actually watched then... Um, so I didn't watch anything yesterday because it was hot as fucking balls. Uh, so Blank Check are doing a series on Bob Fosse. Uh, so I have been watching the films of Bob Fosse because I've never watched any of them before. So um, they had Rachel Zegler on to talk about um, Cabaret, uh, which was a great episode. Uh, they've got Lynn Manuel Miranda on next week to talk about all that jazz, which is fucking wild. Um, like they're a big-ish podcast, but they they've just got connections, it seems. Um, so I haven't watched Fosse's first film, Sweet Charity, yet, but I watched Cabaret. Uh, so obviously, Oscar-winning film starring Liza Minnelli and Michael York, um, and yeah, it's really fucking weird watching Cabaret and seeing this rise of fascism while these people are having fun and the end being one of the most fucking haunting endings I've ever seen. It, it, it's an odd one. Seen I've seen Cabaret, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to rewatch it actually though because I, I realised that I, 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 I've not watched it probably 20 odd years. Um... I watched it in that phase of, of being like, um, so like 15, 16 years old and was just watching anything fucking, anything from that 70s American era that I fucking could get my hands sure. on. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those where I went into it thinking, oh, it's going to be, it, it's a musical and it's it's going to be a bit, you know, like that. And I watched it going, oh, oh, it's not. It's actually quite heavy. <laughs> Yeah, because that's the thing. I didn't know that all the musical pieces were in the cabaret show, which mm. apparently is a difference from the stage play, but I think it's really powerful here. Um, and just the way that the first half or so is like young people being free and enjoying life. And there's kind of like a little bit of rumbling in the background about like the Nazis, just like a little bit. 
And then the second half is like these side characters, like the like this woman not wanting to be with this guy because she's Jewish, and he's got a secret. You know, he's got a secret which would let them be together, but he can't say it. And Michael York and Liza Minnelli are having like ups and downs in their relationship. And then this incredible fucking scene where this young Nazi kid starts singing this song that was for the show. Uh, Tomorrow belongs to us. I think it's called or tomorrow belongs mm. to me. And then like these other people in, in this park just start singing it as well. And then there's just this shot of this one old man just looking so fucking sad, like knowing what the, it's leading to. And then, you know, as the second half goes on, the musical numbers in the cabaret get darker. And there's this song about if you could see her how I do. And the, the, it, it, the in the production, it's like this guy and a person in a gorilla suit and he's talking about if, if you could only see her like I do you'd realise why I love her and then at the end it's just like but she's a Jew and it's like fuck and then at the end of the film Liza Minnelli and Michael York have gone their separate ways and Liza Minnelli's chosen the life of the cabaret and who is she performing to like you seen in the reflection of a in, in in a musical instrument just a bunch of fucking nazis mm-hmm. and then the credits roll and it's just like fucking hell yep fossey and fucking <laughs> like it's something it's something is is cabaret cuz it's like it's really entertaining and you you, you're kind of there getting swept up in the romance of it all and then just the second half is this but also fascism rises and it will crush everything around it and it's just fucking haunting so Cabaret really upsetting watch um, incredible film um, but then I also watched Bob Fosse's Lenny Oh yeah, how would you find this is... one? Yeah, no. Um, so it, it, interesting. So it, a biopic of uh, Lenny Bruce starred uh, Dustin Hoffman. I think uh, it got best director, best picture, best actor nominations. Don't think it won any. Um, but hey, it got nominated for fuck's sake. So um, yeah, you know Bob Fosse makes Cabaret and then decides to make a black and white film about Lenny Bruce. Who, um, I, yeah, I, I, I thought it was interesting. I, it, it was weird how I, I so it, it is kind of biopicy, but it's also cutting to kind of like interviews taking place with actors playing the real life people after Lenny Bruce died. Um, so it's it's almost kind of like a mockumentary, or so it, it's like weirdly kind of uh, ahead of its time in that regard. Um, I didn't quite get the steps of how Lenny Bruce like went from like very traditional conservative comedian to I'm just going to say the things that are in my head. I I didn't quite get the genius of Lenny Bruce from it. Um it felt a little bit whistle-stoppy because it wanted to get to the depressing stuff. Um yeah. And um 
it's I, th- I thought it was, I thought it was effective like his whole I, I like I just want to do my act I am not trying to offend anyone I'm trying to bring truth to people and the the the, the idea of him saying cocksucker and then getting arrested and it basically him proving like the jury agreeing that it's not obscene because just because he said cocksucker doesn't mean that someone is going to go home and immediately want to start sucking cocks (laughs) even though i'm not i'm not saying that's right but that like like they're talking about what the definition of obscene is is that it's kind of like warping people's minds as it was at the time and you know, they're actually cross-examining like a police officer and saying, like, were you sexually charged while watching him talking about cocksucking? And it's like, well, no. And it's like, all right, so wh- like, why are you arresting him then, basically? And it, it, you know, I thought that, that that was great. And there's this terrific shot where the tape of his act is being played and it pans around the courtroom and there's some people who are stony-faced and then there's some people, including members of the jury, who are trying to stifle laughter. And you know, and I think it does a really, it does a really good job in saying, like, you know, he wasn't like funny to everyone. He's not the fucking Jesus of comedy. There were a lot of people who didn't find him funny, but he also wasn't doing anything that was harmful. You know, he was trying to speak truth to power, and he got eaten up by that mm-hmm. but i never really and i think it, it was probably hoffman's performance but i never really got a sense of quite it is what made him the person that he apparently was yeah hoffman is very very good when he's very very good but he can all he, he's always got that soft calmness to him mm. that's there um, that, that's kind of weird. So he does have a, he does have a weird energy vibe to himself. I always I always think with with Hoffman. Yeah, and that's yeah that that that's it. It just it it doesn't quite. He does feel a bit like a person doing an impression. Um, yes, it's just like it's like a lot of you see this man, you know, like and just like it, it, like the. It, it 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 just felt like affectations through it. Um, but Valerie Polari, I think her name is, um, who plays his wife in it, is fucking fantastic. Very depressing, but fucking fantastic. Um, so yeah, I I I enjoyed Lenny. Um, it's not cabaret, but I enjoyed it. And I'm about, uh, but hey, what is? And I'm about twenty minutes into all that jazz. And Ooh, how that you fuck f- is wild. How you finding that? Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, like, apparently, it's as close to a biopic of Bob Fosse as you're ever going to get, and I'd believe it. Yep. Fucking. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, Schneider. Schneider's very, very good in that. He's so fucking good in that. Uh, and, and then after that, I'm going to have Star 80, which is apparently one of the most depressing films of all time, and Eric Roberts has never been able to live it down, I hear. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. Um, yeah, we, we shall see. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying the work of Bob Fosse so far. But uh, yeah, that's me. Questions? Questions. We have a couple, and we have the. Uh, so I put out a question to our audience. Um, 
that said... Da -da -da -da. Our question for you this week is, what two things would you do, would you do to improve the cinema-going experience? Um, oh, shit. So, we did have uh, a response to this. Uh, we've got a couple of questions as well, but yeah, I'll read the response. Rick Kidd um, says, Number one, more morning show times for 15 and 18 certificate films. You're lucky if you get one before 8 and 9pm up here. Yeah, I agree with that. Actually, Rich, that's yeah. quite a good point. Like, it, it is. It does seem like, yeah, you can only go and watch, if you want to watch something that is horror, for instance, or a grown-up thriller or anything like that, you do have to go at night to see it. You can't go at like, quarter past one. <laughs> um, whereas a lot of us like to go to the cinema at quarter past one. Yeah, that's a terrific shout. And he's he's right as well. Especially with like horror movies and stuff like that. It's like one show in a day. It's on at like fucking half nine. Mm. If you're going to do one show in a day, at least do it at Seven. eight yeah. or something like that. And yeah, and give people a reasonable fucking that's it. chance of actually seeing the thing. It's that thing of going, of going, oh, well, you know, people who would normally go and see this film, who would be able to see this film, will be at work. So we've got to put it on later. And it's like, yeah, but they'll also have to get up in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and his number two was a signpost outside the screen informing you of the best time to go to the bathroom, uh, and if there are mid-post-credit scenes in the film. I agree with you about the post-credits thing. Don't agree with you about the bathroom thing. Just don't drink for five hours before you go and see a film in the cinema. Yeah, make an effort, you fucks. Yep. But yeah, um, I, the thing is, I, I always think I should check before I go in the cinema to see something that might have a post-credit scene. And I never do. So then when the credits start, I'm always getting my phone out and going, is there a post-credits for the Grey Man? No. <laughs> so I can leave. Yeah, yes. But yeah, the, literally, I got, my, I got my phone out and was like, well, is there a post-credits for the Grey Man? Because like a lot of the people have left, but there was a woman who'd been really enjoying it, who was like across the... Because I was on the edge of an aisle, who was across the aisle to me. Um, and so I looked at it and was like right there's not and I got up and she turned around and looked at it and went is there not a post credit so I was like no they're in have you ch she's like have you checked like, I have yeah she went alright fine I'll get up then <laughs> <laughs> but as I was walking oh. out she went fine she said, if next week I find out there's a post credits I'm blaming you <laughs> so fair enough <laughs> mm. but there is I saw in one of the picture house um, cinemas um, that one of the members of staff literally like would put like a thing like a on like the chalkboards that they have would put contains post credits um, for which films it had. So yeah, that is a good idea. Agree with that. Um, my big one would be working masking in all screenings instead of just. Instead of it like coming, so masking is like where it, like the screen expands out if it's scope or might go down if it's scope or something, so that like the top and bottom of the screen aren't just like blank projector screen. Yeah. Um, and also where at the top and bottom, where it, if there's open masking these days, it kind of just looks like you're watching a Blu-ray on a screen on a big screen. Yeah. The masking kind of cuts that off and just makes it actually look like you're watching a fucking film in the cinema. Um, 
masking does involve a lot of moving parts and when i was working in the cinemas they it did break down but now it just feels like cinemas like fuck it people don't really notice anyway um it's you know what you're already having a job getting people to go to the cinema maybe if you actually offered a quality experience and gave a fuck well yeah stuff like that that would help stuff like that always refers me back to a time when i was complaining about a film being shown in the run aspect ratio to the manager of a view cinema um and him going look nobody cares mate i was like what no literally i'm literally in front of you and i care and this is the second time this month i've had to come out and do this so (laughs) yeah um Mine, aside from the, 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 the thing of people should respect other people in the cinema uh, more, I, I do think that's got a little bit better post-COVID um, to an extent, or maybe just the what I'm seeing when I'm seeing it has, has changed a little bit. Um, but, yeah, for a general sort of cinematic improvement, yeah, um, having it so that, yeah, like having things projected in the correct way would be quite nice um like the i don't want to i know people bash the other lot but there is um sorry not view sorry back bash like the multiplexes a lot but like i went to a view i went to view in york fairly recently to see something and there was there was a like there was a stain on the screen there's no way of getting around it there's a stain on the screen and it's like yeah there's a stain there's like a big dark spot, so that when when anything's there and it's like it was like a big outside uh, scene. I think it might have even been Scream we went to see. And when it's light, it's loads darker, and when it's dark, it's loads darker. <laughs> and it wasn't like it was a speck; it was like somebody had thrown a fucking milkshake or something up at it. Um, that's there. Uh, my other one is is Cineworld exclusive. Um, have you been going to Cineworld at all recently? Uh, no, uh, because Odeon is by far a superior cinema experience in Cardiff. Right. What else is this? I, I, I am teetering with the idea of, of getting rid of my Cineworld because uh, Parkway has been very good mm-hmm. so far. Uh, and Cineworld is just it's like twice as long to get to Cineworld from, from where we are. Still great at the moment. And I, I do think Cineworld have got an awful lot of shit and they maybe shouldn't have got as much as they have. However, the app is crap. The staff are that always... fucking app... Yep. Is just... Yeah. That app is fucking brutal. So, for like, some every reason... every time I open it, it's just immediately full pages. Ugh. Get a free fucking hot dog on Wednesday. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Or, or, or tries to advertise a film that came out three weeks ago. Yeah, like, you should know from my tickets that I've seen that, <laughs> and yeah. it's not playing at the cinemas that I go to. Um, mm. Yeah, the app is terrible. All the staff are always lovely. Uh, I'll say that I've never had a bad experience with a staff member there. Always been great. Um, but they've started this annoying thing now where it'll come up and say, "We have specially selected these trailers to go with the feature you are about to watch," and then there will be. Two Cineworld trailers for Cineworld, yep. 
then a couple of trailers, yeah. and then it'll say, right, now our feature presentation. And then there will be another two Cineworld trailers. I counted it the other day in there. There was eight. Eight in total trailers for Cineworld at Cineworld. Right. That's too much. So this is one of the... This is one of the advantages of Odeon as well, right? Their ads and trailers, I swear to God, are basically always 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes, maybe. Cineworld, because the amount of inner promotion they do, their ads and trailers regularly top 30 minutes. Mm. And it's just, it is egregious. There's fucking no need for that. Odeon, right? They've got um, one ad. They got one ad for themselves. Yeah, Parkway. That's that that that's it. Parkway's the same. One, one ad for themselves. I for Grey Man, uh, it was less than ten minutes. The 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 um, ads and uh, from ad starting to movie starting, it was less than ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, and that we just got, doesn't happen anymore, does it? And we got and I got two trailers in that as well. That's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that that that's great. I mean, it, it yeah, just Cineworld. The the thing is, the cost of Unlimited. I got a year of Unlimited through work for about ninety pound. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But I only got that because it was that. I also pay fourteen ninety nine a month for Odeon, which, to be honest. I'm kind of thinking at the moment, do I cancel the Odeon because I am locked into Cineworld for a year? But at the same time, the Odeon has free parking. The Cineworld, I'll have to pay probably a fiver for the parking and I may be able to charge my car. Maybe. So it would actually be more economically viable for me to go to the Odeon. But this Friday... Sorry, ranting a second. Friday, I'm in the office... And it's like I can very easily go see where the crawdads sing in the in the cinema world when I finish work. So that was the thing. When I was in the office all the time, I'd just finish work and then walk over to the cinema world. Now, it's like when I'm in the office, I try and time a, cine- a cinema trip around that. Because otherwise, I won't go to the cinema world. Because the thing I'm, I, I want to see will be on at the Odeon. Yeah, well, we we more go to cinema world in York on our way home from work now than we do to uh, the one in Hull. Because we can just go on our way home, and it's it's fine, and that's kind of working for us. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think you need to cancel it. I think I, the thing is, at, at the moment, I'm, I'm all right. But what I think I might do is we might just get the the year pass that you can get at Parkway and see how that goes. Fair. Do that. How much is it? It's like 135 quid. That's not bad. It's not bad, is the it? The amount that you'd go. No, that's it. And you know they have that gets you into what they have and the. Um, they're like they do quite a lot of retro screenings and bits like that. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, that, that 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 sounds fine. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. O- Odeon went up from nine ninety nine a month to twelve ninety nine a month. Now it's fourteen ninety nine a month, and that's getting to the point now where it just it is getting a little rich for my blood. It's just a that's little fifty percent increase. <laughs> yeah, in a year. 
and I get it because they were trying to get people back in. So I absolutely respect the hustle, but it's a little rich for my blood. The one like that, what the two benefit, no, the three benefits they got the free parking. It's a better projection standard and the IMAX, but then I still have to pay an additional fiver for the IMAX. Yep. Again, that's annoying with Cineworld as well. Yeah, yeah. I d- I just it's like if they if if if. Odium would just like right pay pay us twenty pound a month. You could just go we go watch the IMAX as well. I'd be like right okay, you got me for life. Yeah, the, the, the city world thing there. If it included IMAX, I'd be like, Do you know what, it's fucking fine. Cause I'll go and see. I will go and see at least one thing on IMAX every month. But the fact that I'm paying twenty quid and then I've got to pay an extra five if I want to go and see something on IMAX feels a little bit. Hmm. And 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 this is the thing, right? It's like I'm looking at. I feel like we're taking ages in this, but the show's only running just over an hour and a half, so I feel like we could probably just keep yeah, we going. Can indulge a little so, bit. The, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is with the IMAX, right? We've got Nope coming out yep. in August, which is partially shot on IMAX. I can't think of anything else coming out between now and Avatar that I'd be like, yes, I want to see that in IMAX. Black Panther that doesn't exist. <laughs> Yeah, Black yeah, Black Panther, which we might see some stuff from at Comic Con this weekend. Yeah. But again, I'm not the Marvel films I'm not that nah, bothered I'm about that it fuss. because they're all shot in a fucking that, that that we didn't talk about this. Natalie Portman coming out and fucking saying that one of the most visually stunning scenes in Four Love and Thunder was shot in a fucking supermarket car park. Yeah. Yep. It just makes me not want to fucking pay that extra to go see MCU films. It, with it, comments it, like it that. just it makes you actually look at it and go, "Do you know what? I can start to see the car park now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a trolley in the background. Yeah. I, I, it's like the the thing is, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. They won't have done any location shooting on it. It was all locked down as fuck. Um, so it, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It just, it just doesn't feel like there's anything there that is grabbing me and going, you must watch this in IMAX. And do you know what? I'll watch it in the cinema in normal framing, 45 days time. I'll watch it in fucking IMAX framing on Disney plus. Yep. Yep. Bonk, and the fact the 4K discs don't have the IMAX framing either. It's like the only way you can watch that is by watching the fucking Disney Plus version. Yeah, it, it, it's a strange one, isn't it? I just... Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. But yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to go see Where the Cruel Dads Sing at 20 past 3 on Friday in the Cineworld. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Uh, we have questions. Content. Um, what are your uh, kid? Uh, what are your favourite films where excessive heat plays a significant part in the plot or atmosphere of the film? Uh, Rick, I'll point you to my favourite film of all time, Sunshine. <laughs> I've got a couple for this. Falling Down is a great heatwave film. <laughs> That's a very good choice. Um, yeah. As is, I would say. Um, Ah, oh, fuck! There's another one that's set in it. Uh, Dog Day Afternoon set on like a fucking really warm day, isn't it? Because fucking 
what's his name? Yeah. Uh, Pacino's sweating like a motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, weekend at Bernie's. That's set during a heat wave. And of course, the king of them all has to be doing the right thing. It feels like that's the closest to true answer there is. Mm. Yeah, it's got to be do the right thing, isn't it, it? it? In terms of culture, it is do the right thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I need to rewatch that. I haven't watched that in years. Yeah, I'm not fucking watching it today, I'll tell you that for free. Nah, I'll watch it when it's cooled down a little bit. Talking of cooled down, Ethan M. Barr um, says... Uh, the way tense films can increase your body temp. Are there any films that you could c- can cool you down? The thing. The thing. Oh, the brood. Alive. Alive. The brood. Just because it's like I I don't. All I ever want to do is feel warm again after watching the brood. After how much it upsets me. Um, <laughs> fucking Cronenberg. Yeah, life's a good choice. When I told uh, Noel that we were doing a Cronenberg series, he looked up and went, you aren't making much ear watch the brood, are you? I was like, no, we're not. He was like, fucking hell for you. That's it for questions. Um, Ian, what are we covering next week? We are going to watch Daisy Edgar Jones not look character appropriate for where the cruel dads sing, baby. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> very quickly. So, Daisy Edgar Jones, right? Um, I saw an interview with her. But am I right in thinking that she's made like three fucking films? What's a fresh. One called Pond Life. Um, yeah. Sm- very small film, British film from a couple years back. Yeah. And. I was reading a thing interview with them where she was saying that she's kind of sick of being constantly referred to as the of the new ingenue, and she'd like to be taken a little bit more seriously as a grown up actress now. I remember, like, was was anybody thinking you were like the latest ingenue? <laughs> Feels a little bit. I don't know. Me- <laughs> like, like maybe I. It's a weird one. It's kind of like I don't get where people where, where like the the. The publicity for where the crawdads sing seem to think that we know her from. <laughs> Is she in some TV people series that I don't know about? Normal people, dude. Yeah, people know her from normal people. Right. That's, that's the. Yeah. I thought it must. I thought she must be in some kind of like TV thing that I just it, don't know about. Uh, so her and that um, Paul Mescal. Um, he was in the Lost Daughter. He's um the kind of like the guy who's copying off with Dakota Johnson oh him who's like friend yeah so um, him and Daisy Edgar Jones I'm pretty sure I'm right here we're in Normal People which was uh, like a thing during Covid yes so people became kind of obsessed with that ah right Um, and then they've both kind of like their careers have kind of like blossomed through that fair play I like Daisy Edgar Jones I really liked her in uh, Fresh um, she was great and fresh. Yeah, she was yeah. great and fresh. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not as much looking forward to where the crowd had sing because, frankly, it's over two hours long and it looks fucking dull. <laughs> it does, but 
I mean, is there actually anything else out? No. Oh, obviously no. there was nothing. I will go and see it. Absolutely, I will go and mm. see it. Um, but yeah, I'm, but I'm going into it going, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm going into it hoping but, it's going to be good. I mean, like, we're in a July where there appears to be nothing out, which is just the weirdest fucking... Uh, next week, the big release is DC League of Super Pets. I mean, we might be getting real fucking desperate. <laughs> in two weeks' time, Mark, Ian and Becky review The Grey Man again. <laughs> I mean, it's... But, I mean, like, seriously... There are Susons of the dark days of COVID 2020. It's such a weird little few about weeks, isn't the it? the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's bizarre. It, 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 it's but like they, they put too much out earlier in the year. <laughs> that's that, but I mean, that that's it though. It was like we had a fucking feast. And, and now there's just, there's fuck all. It's so odd. And I mean, it, it's. It it, it yeah, just feel like, you know, like had, nope um, would have been fine coming out this weekend. It it would have been fine this weekend or next weekend, but instead August twelfth, and I get it because it will be fine in August twelfth as mm. well. It'll have no fucking competition. I'm already like, what the fuck is going to be my birthday watch? Because nope is on Friday August the twelfth. I'm not fucking waiting to see nope. I'm gonna go see nope on August the twelfth. Monday the 15th is my birthday. I need to watch something in the fucking cinema. But it might be the Bond reissue of that week, which is Tomorrow Never Dies. Is my birthday watch in the cinema going to be probably the underappreciated Pierce Brosnan Bond film? It, it appears like it might be, yeah. So what, It might be. What else I is really, out that really week? hope Nope is so good that I want to watch it again. What else is out that I week? I don't know. Have a look. I don't know, but I don't think it's any. I don't think it's anything. There's nothing. Of course, there's not. Nope. You might be able to get an early not. preview of Orphan First Kill or Fisherman's Friend. What? Is Orphan First Kill out the Friday after? Yeah. Fuck! I tell you what, Cineworld, Odeon. If you want to do an unlimited screening or limitless screening of Orphan First Kill on Monday the 15th of August, I will attend. That's not against the, out of the realms of possibility, that. I mean, it's not. It's not. That would be some planets aligning shit right there. Let's go. Yep. Let's go. Literally. I've got a letterboxed list of films I watched in the cinema on my birthday, and you can make Orphan First Kill happen. Yep. You can get it on the list. Do it. Do it. Yeah, so where the crowd had sing. <laughs> it features an original song by Taylor Swift. It does, yeah. It's going to be fine. <laughs> it's going to be Probably fine, not. isn't it? <laughs> um, I mean, it's... Yeah... I don't know, I'm already thinking, like, I'm going to get out of work a little bit early and go see where the crawdads sing just so I can get it out of the way and enjoy my weekend. <laughs> like, that's kind of how I'm positioning it. I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to go and see that on Monday. <laughs> I just... It's this fucking season is so... Right, no, do you know what? We're going to... Should we dive into the release calendar? Let's go. Let's fucking go. Let's dive. 
Let's let's get let's get fucking deep. Right. Let's go on the lovely FDA website, all future releases. So Also coming out this weekend is She Will, which is playing on twenty five locations. Heard good things, horror film. It's actually playing chapter. So, um have you got the listings for the parkway? Uh I can have a look. What's it called? She Will. She Will. Let's have a look. See if it's playing anywhere near me. It is not playing anywhere near me. <laughs> Never mind then. Okay, so week after we got a re-release of uh, Paris, Texas. Um, hit the road. Um, it's a festival film. Wait, Paris, Texas uh, is a re-release. Yeah, apparently. Ooh, that could be, that that might play a parkway. I will fucking go and see that parkway. Nice. Becky's never DC seen League that. of Super Pets. Fire of Love, a film about two volcanologists who apparently died in a volcano, I think. Uh, the week after, Bullet Train. I'm just going to go through the ones that we're, we'd actually like go and watch. Bullet Train is the only real dead, like big release the week after. week after that, so the 12th of August, we've got Nope. And Where is Anne Frank? Directed by Ari Foreman. Fucking hell. Okay. Uh, the week after the 19th Orphan First Kill Fisherman's Friends One and All The Feast which I have seen trailered at Cineworld and looks alright 26th of August we've got Beast and Official Competition which is uh, I want to say it's like a Spanish language thing about awards season I think Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem might be in it, if memory serves. Nice. So that could be interesting. Friday the 2nd of September, 3,000 Years of Longing. Oh, God, yeah. And The uh, the Forgiven, the uh, Ray Fiennes, Jessica Chastain film, which looks alright, actually. Yeah, um, oh, and f- Fall as well. Uh, have you, did you see the trailer for this? I, I think that might have been this week. Yeah. Oh, mate, like, people, girls stuck up on this fucking tower, like, hundreds of feet up, feet up. looks alright. So that weekend's not too bad, actually. Friday the 9th is Bodies, 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 uh, Crimes of the Future, okay, we've seen it, but yeah, Crimes of the Future is out. Uh, see How They Run, the Saoirse Ronan Sam Rockwell murder mystery. Yeah. It's not bad. 16th of September, Ticket to Paradise. Yeah. Um. Then oh, and Moon Age Daydream comes out on the Saturday. Yep, I've got a feeling that might be a one night only kind of I thing. I think so it is. Cool. Yeah. Friday the twenty third. Don't worry, darling. Yep. Uh, Friday the thirtieth. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Yep. Um. I'm 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 away that week. So I've got a feeling that we might be skipping a week. I don't know. 7th of October, a film called Vengeance. Don't know what that is. Um, And The Woman King. That's out. The 14th of October, Halloween Ends. Yep. And Decision to Leave, the new Park Chan-wook. 21st of October. Black Adam. uh, Black Adam. And Pussy and Boots. 
Oh no, that was delayed to December. Has it been delayed now? Yeah. Is that so everyone can remember that Puss in Boots exists? <laughs> Probably. 28th of October, Bros. The 4th of November, Amsterdam. My Neighbour, Adolf. That's a title. 11th of November, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. The 18th, The Menu, and She Said. Wednesday, the 23rd, Strange World. Yep. Friday, the 2nd of December, Matilda. Isn't that... Mm. Isn't the Fablements... The Spielberg one slated for 23rd of November as well. Uh, it's not on here. Maybe in the US. Could be, yeah. But, yeah, so to be fair, there, there are kind of slim pickings, but there's pretty consistently one a week and sometimes two a week. Mm-hmm. Plus things coming to Prime and Netflix and Disney Plus and blah blah blah. So, my my own, it just it feels like a normal July and August would just be busier. Yeah, it does feel like a bit of a low energy July and August. But then, yeah, I think Nope could be quite big. That's, yeah, I kind of wonder whether, whether Universal have just gone, we'll put this out the week after Bullet Train, then we've only got Bullet Train as competition, and then we can just own a few weeks. Yeah. Along with Bullet Train. Which is probably quite smart thinking, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, there we go. That's, um, we'll be alright for content. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. We're not going to get into the dark days of reviewing the Jesus rolls. Fucking <laughs> hell, okay, yeah, we did do some weird. We did have some what is it was, didn't we? Uh, there, 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 there were some times. There were some times. Yeah, there really were. There, there, there were some times. When it was just like, Jesus fucking Christ, Netflix, for the love of God, what have you got this week? <laughs> yeah, please have something. Um, yeah, wow, we. Right, so, we're going to see. We're going to find out where those crawdads sing next week. Yep. You bet your ass we are. Oh, yeah. Um, but until then, I did all the pleasantries at the start. So, I'm just going to say thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. And um, I'm just going to say thanks this week. We got a very, very nice comment about how much somebody enjoyed my outro to the Cronenberg one. <laughs> which... Uh, was was lovely was that Craig Dawson I think it was yeah yeah thank you Craig um I'm not going to do that this week because I'm too hot <laughs> it's, fucking, it's still really fucking warm I'm just I'm I'm moist and uh I'm I'm just there's there's too much sweat congealing uh in my belly button <laughs> yummy 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 yum suck out that belly button fluff goodbye bye